This episode of the Wiffle League Podcast was recorded on July 5th, 2015. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. This episode of the Wiffle League Podcast was recorded on Sunday, July 5th, 2015. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Here's Hilly and JF. If we were on television, that would be spelled J-A-Y space E-F-F. Our guest today will be Chris Lazzarini. We'll get him involved a little bit later, but uh, we want to get right into it with uh, my first pitch. We're two-thirds of the way into the season. Each team's played six games, and uh, at this point, when you look at the standings, um, you know there's a lot of parity when it comes to the standings, but I think uh, more than ever, there is some very good... Uh, matchups out there, uh, not just the ones that we've seen already, but the ones that are ahead of us. So with that, with the first pitch, we're going to go through each of the teams and give my one-minute snapshot. Hilly, if I go over of a minute, you you come in here and you buzz me, all right? Uh, we'll start with the top of the standings, the tourists. So looking at the tourists, you know, I think the, the, the way to summarize them is it, it's kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, if you will. Uh, which team are you going to get? You know, their first series of sweep, uh, their second series, uh, losing two out of the three games to, I think what many many people thought on paper was a below average Chihuahuas team. So they they, they went from being three and zero to four and two. Uh, you have Steve Schroeder who took a step back pitching in this last series. Still one of the better hitters in the league. Uh, surprisingly, Steve Andrews is the second best hitter on that team with three hundred batting average, which I, I'm I'm very shocked to see. Uh, Russ Anderson and Chris Curtin in the, the low mid to low 200. So which team are you going to get out of them? Uh, are they going to get the dominant pitching? Are you going to get the above average hitting? Or are you going to get the somewhere in between? Um, going down the standings, we'll move on to the Chihuahuas, who sit at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, So they went 1-2 and two and then 2-1 and one with a good showing against the Taurus. Uh, you know, the Chihuahuas, again, it's uh, I think the best way to look at them is limited. You, you know they're limited on the mound, um, although Dave Leap had a uh, an average outing last time, uh, but you know, definitely limited to, to two very strong bats and Jeff Hanchman and JF uh, Paul having a, a step back season. Dave Leap surprisingly hitting at 346, but can that continue? So uh, as they go forward, they have to really uh, maximize what they get out of Jeff on the mound. Um, but from there, you know, I think uh, again, it's it's if they don't, if they lose one of those games, if they lose two of those games, you know, I think they press a little bit because. They're really looking to two people to carry the batting load, and and, to, and and obviously on the mound, Jeff needs to pitch a very strong eight innings. So moving forward for them, again, will you get that power from JF? Will you get that power from Jeff? And will you get that power on the mound? Uh, also at 3-3, three and three you have the River Cats. Again, uh, they're a team, while you could say, much like the tourist Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I think it's more of them surging. They're improving. Uh, they went uh, from a a below-average first series where they arguably should have won one game to sweeping the hops in a, in a pretty dominant fashion. Uh, interesting about this team, and I think this is why I say they're improving. We saw Jason have his best day on the mound yet. 
and hopefully that continues. Um, as well, Josh Wittenberg is hitting below 400, which for Josh Wittenberg, that's shocking. So uh, he's only got one homer. Um, he, he's been on base quite a bit with six walks, but we've still yet to see the prototypical Josh Wittenberg offensive season, and I think that bodes well for the River Cats. Same thing as as the the, the Chihuahuas in some ways. You know, they really need Jason Hillenbrand to have two strong games on the mound. Uh, the defense has been very good behind him. Hopefully that continues. And and obviously the hitting has been a, a something that's carried him with Jason and Rich having some good, good at-bats. Going into our last place team, you have the Hops. Uh, the Hops again open the 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 year with a 2-1 victory over the the Chihuahuas in terms of the se- series. They then came out and got swept by the River Cats. So um, you know I think they're kind of just sputtering. Uh, it's a question of can they dig in? Can they come out on July 12th next Sunday and 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 put something together? A win puts them in the playoff picture, but more likely than not, they need two wins. Um, looking at the batting, Brandon Eckert's the only one over 300. Uh, he's the only one with more than two runs batted in. Um, you know, you look at the rest of them, Mike Satry, Dustin, and Chris uh, Lazzarini, just not the years you would expect from them at the at the plate, uh, particularly Laz and Dustin. We've seen Dustin really improve over the last couple of years. And, you know, again, they're going to kind of need to put everything together against the tourists to, to have some some chance of, of winning that series. And that's your first pitch. Uh, if I were to do a, an impromptu power rankings, it, it's tough. I mean, all of the teams are 4-2, and 3-3, three and three, or 2-4, and four, so it's right there. I think right now, going into these last series, the Tourists would remain my top team. They have the pitching. When they hit, especially those top two hitters on their team, they have some power. Um, you know, I think the second-place team – just because we have yet to see Josh really hit his stride would be the River Cats. Um, if he starts to pick it up and if the rest of the team continues to do what they've done with Luke having a good batting year, with Jason finding some power in that last series, uh, they could be a tough team to beat. Uh, third would be the Chihuahuas. Again, I think everybody looks at them and says, are, uh, what's their ceiling? Because they are a little bit limited in what they can do on the mound and even at the plate. And then the Hops just really haven't had a great year, so I think you have to put them at fourth. Um, but again, they're right there. They're in the playoff picture. Uh, nothing is settled. Everybody can finish first, I believe. Um, there's a ch- there's a way that the Hops could still finish first if they sweep, uh, and if the uh, if the Chihuahuas take two, um, or basically if there's yeah, I think that's how it plays out. It would be, yeah. Laz has all the scenarios broken okay. down. Well, I think he can. When we when we bring him in the interview, we'll ask him his scenario play out. But uh, again, power rankings. I think right now I'd have to go Taurus one, River Cats two, Chihuahuas three, Hops four. Um, you know, so we'll see. That brings us to fair or foul new segment here. The first topic: the Hops will make the postseason. We'll roll right into it. Well, let, let me just say this: so fair or foul, it's like a buy or sell. We're just gonna. Go around the table. We'll bring the producers in here a little bit. And fair meanings you support it, meaning you support it. Follow meaning you think it's bogus. So, uh, will the hops make the playoffs? I'm going to go fall on that one. I think the problem for them is not, you know, how good or bad they are. I think it's the fact that they're going up against a tourist team that's now motivated to go out and dominate again. Um, so, th- that's a tough matchup. It's a pitching matchup for sure. It's can Laz and Brandon Eckert. You know, basically outduel uh, Steve and and Russ. I would assume we'd see again. 
Um, you know, that's a tall task. Uh, both sides can pitch. You know, I think, again, with the hops, what bats are going to wake up in this last series? Will we see Laz come back to his normal form? Will we see Brandon continue? Can Dustin pick up some timely hits? Um, you know, on the other side, similar. What's what's the word with Steve and Russ at bat? You know, Steve is, again, 480 for the year batting average, which is very good, but uh, Russ has been a little bit down, and, you know, where's their production going to come from at the plate? So I think it really is a, a pitching matchup. Hilly, what are your thoughts? Fair or foul on the hops making the playoffs? I got foul. And that's all I got. Okay. Well said, <laughs> JF? I think it's very important to consider the fact that the Hops have a tiebreaker over the Chihuahuas. And like we said, we'll get into some of the scenarios, but one of those being if the if the Hops do what they have to do and even win two out of three, win the series, and the Chihuahuas lose their series, as you're saying, if the Rivercats are improving, it's possible they would take two out of three over the Chihuahuas. And then at that point, with those records being what they would be, it would be the hops making the playoffs. So I obviously want to say foul on this, and I will, uh, but certainly the possibility is there. But if I had to go one way or the other, I would say foul. What's interesting, I think what the most interesting thing about this 2015 season is July 12th will decide a lot, but there's a potential that even a couple ways the, the series goes, nothing will be decided July 12th. And if I can make one more point, and I'm sure Laz will touch on this. They haven't played in fair conditions, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> wow, what a pun. However, uh, you know, if it's – so we don't really know who the hops are, I guess is what I'm saying. So with the the tourists showing a little bit of a, a decline, I know they hadn't played in about two months, so that could have factored into the way they played last Sunday. But um, I think that the hops, we haven't really seen what they're capable of. Well, that's what's so exciting is there's still three games out there and there's three games to be had, and we'll talk to Laz. What are your thoughts? Fair or foul, the hops make the playoffs as we bring you in. Uh, it's sad to say I think my first impression is foul only because of the results of last Sunday. So we have an uphill battle to climb. I know that. And just logistically, uh, even if we do take two of three, there's no guarantee that it gets us in the playoffs. A sweep doesn't get us in the playoffs either. Right. Actually, it does. Uh, sorry. A sweep would get yes. us in the playoffs. So uh, it's definitely challenging. Uh, I will agree with JF that, that the conditions have been challenging, and there is potential for us to do more than we have done. Obviously, I have been uh, not quite the ticket number that Dustin drafted. So I, I understand that, but at the same time, I know how challenging it's going to be to get to where we need to be. Right. So while I want to say that we will make the playoffs, and I definitely hope we do, I think we have the potential to make a run. I thought from the beginning we were the best top-to-bottom team. As of right now, we are the bottom team. Yeah. And uh, I have to just logistically and logically say that it, it's foul. I will say this about the fair or foul conditions. Um, we should note that when the Hops played the River Cats, and Hilly can attest to this, Luke was so worried about the rain that he wanted to cancel the series um, or postpone it, I yes. should say. And then we swept them. So it's nothing like waking up. It was up foul conditions for us, too, because our captain wanted to postpone the game. Um, moving on to the next one Steve Andrews should have drafted Justin Filardo instead of Steve Schroeder fair file you know that's an interesting one and we were talking about that in the in the pre-show production meeting um 
because when you look at it, and this is why I think this is a great question, Steve took Russ with, I believe, the number three pick. He's Steve is, uh, has proven he can put together a tremendous season on the mound. You can definitely log eight innings a series with Russ, so you have your workhorse there. Um, I guess what that comes down to then is, is JF a better hitting option than Steve Schroeder? Um, does he fit the team better? You know, stats would tell you that Steve Schroeder is one of the top two hitters in the league right now as of as of six games. Um, we know that, again, he comes up with some big home runs in the, in the postseason. So uh, it c- could be a situation where had Steve looked to trade his number five pick to get maybe the seven, thinking that, you know, Steve Schroeder and Jason would go ahead of that seven pick as pitching options, maybe then he could have gotten a little bit more value out of his third-round pick, um, not just – not picking Steve, but but picking up uh, a JF at bat and maybe picking up uh, who would have been available at, at 9 or 10. Uh, that would have probably been me, Satry. 9, so or 10 was, nine was Satry, you were 10, Dave so was 11, and Curtin was 12. So if, if, uh, if you're looking at that, instead of having Curtin and Steve Schroeder, they would have had maybe JF and Rich Nassie for Mike Satry, depending on what the trade packages were um does that give him more hitting where he already has the pitching you know i think that's uh that's a that's probably right down the line you know is it fair is it foul i think it it's a fair question to ask that maybe he should have gone a different route having a monopoly on the pitching though is something that 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 captains will look at and say that's a good draft tactic because it definitely it definitely hurts the other teams yeah i would have to say foul for this i think that you know, Steve's more than holding his own on the offensive end as well as the ability to pitch, which is something I don't have. Um, I don't know if it's causing some sort of schism between the teammates due to the fact that maybe Steve Andrews wants to pitch. He's not able to. Uh, I can tell you this. In private conversations with him, there's no question that he wants to pitch, but right. he feels conflicted because obviously Russ and Schroeder are top of the line pitchers. More so track one of those things. Yeah, and I don't know if they're more or less kind of coercing him to make certain decisions. The fact is, he's the captain. He can do whatever he wants. He chose the team exactly. also, so you're sort of left with it. But he dug his own grave in that regard. Yeah, so for me, I would say he made the right decision still drafting Schroeder, but it's just one of those things as management maybe uh, can improve here moving forward. There you go. Hilly, thoughts? I forget how you phrased the question, but I... Fair or foul, should, should Steve have yep. not picked Schroeder and, and looked to make me make a trade to get uh, two more bats as opposed no, to... No, you know, I'll go, I'll go foul on this. I like... I, I told him before the draft I liked hoarding pitchers. I don't think there's anything wrong, uh, especially in this league where pitching's a little short. Um, he, there's certainly options he could have gone, I think, for maybe some more consistent hitting, but I've got no problem with him hoarding pitchers. Verifiable Laz was was the statement that Steve made a mistake pick, pick, so picking Schroeder. I, I understand, I understand the question, and I, I agree with the idea. Uh, <laughs> but I will actually say it's foul. Uh, the reason I say it's foul is because of what you touched on at the end of uh, your explanation is that Steve Andrews taking Schroeder off the market made every other team worse. It may not have made his team best but it made every other team significantly worse because Steve, as we've seen, is a top-of-the-line pitcher. Steve Andrews did have a pitcher of the year on his record, but 
uh, we saw him pitch this year. He's not a dominating pitcher. He doesn't have the same stuff that some of the other top line pitchers have. And I think that it was worth it for him in that situation to, 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 to take the best available. We talk about in a draft anyway, uh, outside of the Wiffle League, you talk about best available. And he was definitely the best available at that yeah. point. Totally agree. Although right. I chose the fair. <laughs> Go last one here, fair or foul. The Wiffle League should implement a speed rule for pitching. Interesting statement. I, I believe, and Laz and I are having an off-air, uh, I guess, grammar syntax battle right now, but we'll talk about it in the break. Um, no, I, I believe that... Uh, How about this? They that will implement. Oh, that they will? Yes. I mean, foul. Are we going to get a radar gun? What's... What? Everything's open for conversation. Okay. I, I think, uh, foul. I think, again, it's it's all about the etiquette and the brotherhood. Um, if if somebody wants to, to push the limits a little bit for a competitive advantage, that's their choice. Um, but, you know, I definitely think that we're all going to play with it and against each other uh, quite a bit. So that being said, you know, if somebody, I, I, I guess, I wasn't there. So last series, I, I know that Jeff was, was pitching faster than he sh- maybe should have been. Um, you yeah, know, you've actually missed the two series. I have yet to pitched, see the Chihuahuas. So, yeah. so. And not that it matters, but I'll just say it. I thought last week when we played, he started off initially was not good. I mean, it was... It was fast. Yeah. And I think he was being doing it to be defiant in a way. But I will say by the second game that he pitched, because he pitched game two and three, it got better in game three. And there was actually not many complaints from the tourists. Right. And part of it's a psychological battle. But, uh, again, coming back to it, I think foul. I think it's just an understanding that we all want to compete and we want to do so on a level playing field. And, uh um, you know, if it if it gets to the point where it's rubbing people the wrong way, then it's 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 upon that individual to understand that it's not just about winning; it's about playing the game the right way. So, you know, again, I think what I was trying to summarize very quickly is we're nobody's you know leaving this league. It's not like we get a, a batch of new players every year. So, uh, you know, if somebody wants to continue to do that, they're going to have to see everybody year after year, and and that's how it goes. I'll say fair on this one. Um. I don't think it'll I happen. I think though. this I think this off season it'll be a major point of discussion. Um there's also the possibility, I don't know if this is breaking news that that this may be Jeff's last year for a couple of years. He may be uh moving out of the country. Wow. So that could solve the problem right there. Um however, regardless of that, um I think that if it's not some sort of uh radar system which i would much prefer not to do i think it is possible that there could be some sort of implementation of if this were to happen this is the rule that's in place right either calling uh, calling it a ball or having some way to to try to determine whether or not it's it's fair Yeah. yeah deter it from happening yeah i think that we've moved towards that point now where uh there's probably change ahead hilly well, yeah, to answer the question, foul, because to quote Justin, over my dead body, will we ever have a radar gun in this league? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but saying that, there's no reason we can't just be gentlemen. Yeah. I don't think. 
Hmm. Is there? Can I, can I do a comment that I had on that is just throw the ball slower. I mean, it's, it's simple as that. And it's frustrating for me not to get off on a tangent because I think Jeff is capable of, of, having success just throwing the ball slightly slower of course he is he's a good pitcher that's what kills me about it and i remember playing catch with him in high school and i fucking hated it because he always was just firing it in we'd be trying to get loose and he was always throwing as hard as he could and i don't know if it and i talked to him a little bit about that uh even last week during just a a quick exchange where i was trying to kind of tell him hey take it easy Uh and i understand i don't know it's just one of those things where can I can it I do a follow simple, up for a follow with that before we get changed. to Laz's answer? Foul. What what's the question? <laughs> Your follow. <laughs> no, uh, my follow up would be: Is it safe to say that Jason Hillenbrand has already started tinkering with radar gun technology? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that chickens laying their eggs. How fast does it come out? Laz, fair or foul? I will say. Uh, I will say fair only because I think that this year in general, not only because of speed, but other aspects of the game, we have seen a dependency on the rule book and what is within or without the lines of the rule book. It might not be a radar gun. It might not be a true, but it will be something written. We will change the league because of this. I don't think it should happen. I think that watching the, the game uh, last Sunday, uh, as a, an outsider, I was filming most of the time. I was keeping score sometimes. Uh, watching the game, I have an honest opinion. It may not be the case when I'm on the mound, but what I was watching, I felt that Jeff's curveball is faster than my fastest pitch. Now, that is a strategy. I understand that there's changing speeds. I think the reason the tourists backed off of that conversation is because Steve Schroeder humped up his speed a little bit and yeah. played the speed game back and forth, slow, fast, slow, fast. So they saw it as an opportunity and then made less of an idea about it. But overall, I think that the way that the league is progressing, unless there's a rule in place, it will constantly be forced and pushed and, and blended into oblivion. So, yeah, it might not be radar. It'll be something close to it, but we we will act as the council. On a sidebar here, seeing as there's some council representation, is that the way, I assume, we don't want the league going that way, or do we want the league going that way, that that speed can be a part of the pitching arsenal? The goal, I mean... I assume it's no, at least that's my preference. Agreed. There, there, there are, we wrote as many rules as we could to confine the league, but we we stupidly... Uh, thought that there was enough rain within our, our, our again not being an asshole. We thought that you don't have to write a rule. So the rule of you know uh, running the bases and not not being halfway or being halfway, we thought that well no one's gonna just be stupid about it. So you try to write rules with that consideration, and we're finding out that as this gets as competitive as it's gotten, that there are challenges that we're facing. Is it fair to say that Laz will finish that bottle of Prosecco fair. before the end of the podcast? Fair. Fair. Fair, but it is foul. <laughs> and we will follow up with that when we come back from break. Sitting in with 
our guest for the day, Chris Lazzarini of the Hops. Uh, Laz, we, we got some of your thoughts on Fair Foul, and I think that was some good stuff, compelling stuff. Um, you know, coming back to it, you know, what uh, what do you think the keys are for the Hops, and, and for you in particular, going into this series next Sunday against the Taurus? I think I touched on it earlier, but we, as the Hops, have been described as the best top-to-bottom team Uh as me being picked uh, as as the fourth pick of the draft as basically the the highlight of the team, uh, I haven't been playing that way. But in general, uh, we, again, top to bottom, uh, Dustin, Brandon, Mike, and myself, we're all capable of being very good players. Uh, Definitely Mike has that postseason experience that usually he elevates his game. But if we play the way that we're capable of, you touched on Dustin and I hitting below our career averages that we have ability to just be relentless and if we continue to have that mindset and and be consistent I think that there are a lot of teams that are scared of us we have some we have we have good pitching Uh, I have the capability of being that well Uh, I know Brandon has in his second year in the league is is doing a lot of work uh, and and is definitely a a capable pitcher so if we just continue to uh, to play the, the the way that we are drafted and to be that consistent, I think that a lot of teams are scared of, of what we can be. Yeah, and, and you guys are basically in a playoff setting already. Uh, this next series, if if you don't, if you guys don't win the series, chances are you're you're very likely out of the playoff picture. So, what do you think has to come from the individuals on the team in particular? You touched on it. Satri is always a playoff clutch, crunch guy. His stats elevate when he gets in the playoffs. You historically have not been a great hitter in the playoff setting. So what do you think you can do differently going into this last regular season series to to put things in your favor? I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it it is just have fun. I think I probably put too much pressure on myself when we get into those those spots. I definitely felt it uh, last series, and it showed. I, I didn't. I didn't get a hit in the last series. I, I walked once, and that was my only time on base. So uh, just having more fun with it, being more casual about it, and, and honestly believing that you know, we're, we, are, we are all out there to have fun. That is the end of the day, what we're doing. And uh, when I try to think too much, I know that I was trying to, you know, Josh is in the outfield. What do I do? Do I hit at him? Do I hit away from him? Right. Where's the defense doing? What are they pitching? Just, just go play your game. I think that actually probably Justin could agree with that, is that when you start having fun hitting and you start thinking less, you have more success. So I think, honestly, it's, it's on me. Uh, I know that that Brandon and, and Mike and Dustin have done everything they can, and I have underperformed. So if I can get my mind right and approach the series in a way that you know uh, produces success uh, in my, for myself, I think that the team will feed off of that. So I think it starts with me, and we'll go from there. And I can totally agree with that, being someone who's had some great years at the plate and somebody who had maybe the worst year in the history of the league at the plate. When you do try to think too much and you maybe press because you know your team needs you uh it's it's difficult i think on the other hand when you're feeling it when when you've had some success when you're feeling good then you can start to try and place things and put things and i think uh you know again uh it, it all comes down to what your base is um touching on that you, you, right now you are the league's worst hitter with a 130 batting average the next closest is paul stumbaugh with a 200 um Steve Andrews is at a 300, as we talked about earlier. How does that make you feel that Paul's a better hitter than you right now? I haven't felt a level of 
unhappiness in my life until this moment. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Okay. How does it feel that Luke is batting 230? How it feels 100 points. How it feels is I have two uh, plastic bat trophies sitting on my dresser at home that he doesn't have. So you're defiant and you're confident that it will turn around. I'm not confident. I'm hopeful. <laughs> okay. But I know that I've had success in the past and that, uh, you know, if uh, if things go my way, then things will turn around. It's a short season. The stats change quickly. Listen, at least you're hopeful and you're honest about not being confident but being hopeful. So, I'm, And I'm a man. That, of was, that was fair. I believe I'm a man of integrity. I want to. It's a little less insulting. Luke is batting two oh eight. Oh, okay, okay. So your stats were incorrect. Accurate. Is that what it was? Uh, it was off the top of my head, but looking at stats, he's four for twenty four. Okay. Two oh eight. Same oh. with your inter- interpretation of the rule book, huh? Five for twenty four. Wow, and and they begin. Um, Laz, let's segue into that. Yeah, <laughs> as he pours uh, <laughs> some more prosecco. That's a healthy pouring of prosecco right there. Uh, <laughs> the Florida household may may need to hit Benny's up after this, uh, but. Uh, Looking at the rest of the league, Laz, which of the teams, whether you face them or not, um, you know, which which of the teams do you think presented the the biggest matchup issues for you? Or let me reword that a different way: if you were going into a playoff series, which team would you I think you'd be least excited or least hopeful, confident to play against? So after two years of playing with Russ, I, I was thankful I didn't have to hit off of him. We all know Russ is a, a relatively dominant pitcher, but. My biggest offensive failures have come from facing Jason. I don't know why. I don't know how. But for some reason, my bat does not find his ball. And that additional security blanket of having Josh in the outfield is devastating. We know how many times that I have hit a ball that Josh has caught. Specifically last series, Josh made what I believe is the most impressive catch in the league. Unbelievable. They're ridiculous. And I... There, mentally, with with Jason on the mound and Josh in left field, uh, it is a crippling situation for me. Uh, that kind of defensive effort is amazing. And then again, having you as well behind them, you play. I, mean, I played with you last year. You play a right center field better than anyone in the league. Honestly, thank you. So thank you. Uh, that's the issue. I don't. I've never. I'm never concerned about pitching. I think that overall, what I throw and what I do. Guys will hit it. Guys will not hit it. I don't know if my pitch is going half the time, so how could I expect someone to to be able to hit it? But defensively, I think that your team, as the Rivercats, is the most challenging to look up against. And I think that's that's what's been exciting about our team so far, although we haven't had a, a great year by any means, is that um, Josh, while his numbers don't you know, look great on the offensive end, it's not Josh as we know him. His defense is not slacked at all. So it's not a dimish, diminishing of skills. I think it's just maybe he hasn't, you know, hasn't really come into the series with the right mindset, or maybe they, the balls just haven't fall, fallen his way. Um, on the flip side of that question, going into a potential playoff series, which which of the teams out there do you do you think you guys would have the most success against? Do you think it's a rematch of that first series against the Chihuahuas, or or is it the team that you're about to play the Taurus? My gut instinct is the Chihuahuas. Obviously, we had some success against them. Uh, I think that both Justin and Jeff had a challenging series. I don't know if it's because of how we pitched. 
Uh, obviously, last year they had a, a trouble offensively as well as, as teammates. So I don't know if it's a trend. I don't know if it's how we threw uh, or how we played. But that feels like the right answer. Uh, I haven't played the tourists yet. I've seen what they can do. Uh, I'm always terrified of what Russ and Steve can do both on the mound and at the plate. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think that – I'm not threatened by Steve or Chris – uh, not to insult them, but I don't think that they're strong parts of their team. And the way I approach uh, when I write my team emails is, uh, Rich, you, you, the rubber ducks. You, 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 you used my skills a lot last year in my reports, scouting yeah. report. Uh, but the way I, the way I approach it is, throw what you can against the two good hitters. They're gonna do what they do, but act like the other hitters on the team. You need to strike out. Period. Yeah. And that's how you approach it. And if you can do that, and you get those two outs. Of an inning, of any inning, it makes him less threatening. So I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm hopeful, not overly confident, but my gut instinct is still to say that the Chihuahuas are probably the best matchup for for our team and for how we're playing right now. Well, hopefully next Sunday you guys can prove that the tourists are also a good matchup for you. Um, Dustin Eckert, not a guy that we talk a lot about. You know, he's 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 definitely a new influence on the league. How is he as a captain? What 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 do you like about the way he runs the hops? Aside from the cool hats that you guys have i think that what our team has and i will say this confidently uh not uh incriminatingly is that we have a camaraderie and a, a respect for the game and our, each other that we really enjoy being together as a team we didn't really practice a whole lot at all but we we're not guys that uh put up a stink we, we have a good time easy going and dustin overall is probably he should win a Sportsmanship of the Year award every year. He's one of the nicest guys. He's so humble. He's so enthusiastic, and he just enjoys it. Uh, obviously, his his brother Brandon and him get along very well. Uh, you know, obviously, but they they have that kind of respect for each other and that friendship. And bringing Mike and I into that kind of scenario, it's just been a delight to play for. And how about them? Always making sure to bring beer to each series. Beer doesn't hurt. Beer definitely does <laughs> well, not hurt. They are the hops. We I are mean, named like after that. Uh, I haven't had any of his homebrewed beer, but uh, definitely is an added bonus to the team for sure. I was listening to another uh, sports radio talk show the other day, and they were talking about um, how hops, if you have too many, like an IPA, craft beers, they have a lot of hops in them. Um, one of the parts of hops is uh, estrogen. So there, there's these studies right now that – Men who drink too many IPAs develop man boobs. So I just want you guys to be aware of that because moobs. moobs. That's great because I hate hoppy beer. It could be go. from all the extra calories or anything. Sure has nothing That's to do with the lack of exercise that these <laughs> or men the do. Lack of exercise. But I just want the hops to be aware of that so that if they do have a bad year on the field, that it also doesn't develop man boobs for them. Um, That's foul. Yeah, that is foul. Uh, one more question for you that I have at least. Um, you know – Aside from yourself, looking at the league, which player in the league this year has has surprised you the most in a good or bad way in terms of what they've brought to their team or what they've brought to the game? Um, I think there's quite a few people out there, but you know, there's certainly some that I think are, are standing up, and who might that be for you? My first answer is, and I think we all would nod in agreement of this, is Luke. Luke has picked up his hitting sure. mm -hmm. unbelievably well. I mean, he's hitting a, a higher average than I am, which is not saying a whole lot because of how bad I've been playing. But Luke has definitely approached this season and, and produced in a way that we have never seen. And, and to it's add exciting. on to that, this is the first time I've played with Luke um, and always looking at it from the outside. I, I felt like in the past he was always trying hard, but maybe he wasn't having fun 
because of the lack of success. So I think for, for me, it's very rewarding to see Luke have the success and enjoy the game a little bit more. For sure. And then, uh, so that, that, that that's the obvious first answer. But for my sure. second answer is a little less obvious. And it's one that uh, I hoped I received when I drafted him back when his first year in the league. But Steve Schroeder has turned into an elite hitter. For he, sure. he honestly has. And it's, uh, I know you weren't able to see the last series, but him him hitting against the Chihuahuas, he hit a couple home runs and he drives a ball strong. I'm sure it's because of the practice that he has with Aaron and that little uh, weird strike zone that he built. But in general, Can I go give a quick stat line on Steve. He's please. 13 for 27, four walks, two home runs, eight RBIs, which leads the league. Two doubles, a triple, I, and only one strikeout. Can I throw a question out there? And those of you who have been to all the series can answer this. If he had maybe a better speed, how much better? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not ripping. That would add at least speed. like eight hits. If he, yeah, I, I mean, how many? I guess what I'm getting well, is his, how many ground balls are his outs that maybe if he's a bit faster, he legs him out. To be honest with you, I think most of his outs are made in the air. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and that's I that's what I was getting at because I didn't know. But yeah. we, I will say, if I if I remake the video for the video game. This year, I'll give him one bar of speed <laughs> because he did leg out a triple that uh, last series. So there you go. He, he did that. And again, I'm not. And he always tries. He always hustles. It's so. not a matter of hustle. It's it's. It was more a question. How many how many like hits does he have that are are taken away from him just because of that speed factor? You know, whereas you look at Josh probably makes some hits out of sh- shitty at bats that he can he can leg out. Can we do some rapid-fire questions? You guys are the producers. You run this thing. All right. Is uh, this Hilly or is this JF? I'm going to take this one. Okay. We're going to do some rapid-fire questions and then uh, some word association to wrap things up. What is uh, your favorite food? Give me a combo. Italian beef and sausage with jardinier. What's your favorite drink? Drink? Yes. Right now, it seems to be the Prosecco. With I'm, the, not, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not unhappy with mimosas, uh, non-alcoholic wise. So uh, I'm a boring water person. Uh, I love a good glass of ice water. I believe there are no studies out there about moobs and water being related. Favorite band of all time? Machine Head. Favorite mm-hmm. band right now? Machine Head. <laughs> good answer. Mine would probably be different. <laughs> it would be two different bands. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. What is your favorite song going right now? First thing that came to mind was uh, Heroes by Alesso. Very good choice. Can we ask what his favorite song is that he may not admit to anybody, but like guilty deep down, he like wants to hear that Miley Cyrus song or whatever it might be? I'll agree to that. Why don't you go ahead and ask him? I will, I will approach that with not an answer, but a addressing. There is no guilty pleasure. Okay. If you if you take joy in it, you should not feel guilt by so, it. So like you love Taylor Swift. I love Taylor blood. Swift. I love Pink. <laughs> I love Kelly Clarkson. I have no shame. If you feel guilt, then you shouldn't like it. Good for you. I know the answer to this question, and I I love it. It was proposed by Laz. If you could get rid of one song that was just <laughs> could go away for all time, what Prince, would it be? Prince, 1999. Yes. That's a great <laughs> answer, and it would be mine too. What is your favorite movie? American History X. Favorite TV show of all time? Scrubs. Like that one. We'll get into uh, some Wiffle-related question. What is your favorite The Wiffle League moment? Winning the Lifetime Achievement Award. What is your worst The Wiffle League moment? This season. 
my batting average. My batting average this season. Now I, I, that's actually a wrong answer. My my worst is is losing the Wiffle series last year when I thought we had the team to win it. I I would agree with that. That was a tough one. Favorite teammate of all time. Brian Boyson. Biggest rival. Jeff Hanson. Pitcher you would least want to face. Jason Hillerman. Hilly. Hilly. Hitter you would least want to face. Can you put a year on that one too? Like the 2010 <laughs> version of somebody. Mike Sager. Sure shit isn't the 2013 version of Dickie. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh Honestly, I, th- and th- I know this is a rapid-fire question, but uh, Justin, your approach to my hit, my pitching is the most challenging. And the open stance, front of the box, hit the ball before it breaks in my knuckle version, and spray to all fields. It's the, it's the most challenging. It doesn't always result in the worst circumstances, but it's yeah, the most challenging. I was going to say, that being said, you dominated me <laughs> in our last series. Um, we'll go to... Some word association. So the challenge is obviously one word. Richnessy. Moobs. <laughs> Steve Schroeder. Ace. Paul Stumbout. Mustache. Mike Satry. Winner. Dave Leap. Funny. I would say the same. Chris Curtin. Late. <laughs> Steve Andrews. Delight. Chris Lazzarini. Interesting. I would say moves. And we'll do one more. Justin Florida. Natalie. well Laz well done Hilly did you want to add anything no good job Laz wow Hilly not in the question mode last time we did the show Hilly you had some dynamite questions we just we did spend five years as co-workers we we know each other pretty well can I ask one one more question open book before before we we go to break um I and this is based off of a previous Jason Hillenbaron question from a podcast so I was surprised, and again, you were at the last series, so I, 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 just from the rumors and the whispers, are you surprised that we have yet to get a Steve Schroeder email regarding a rule book change with speed of pitching? Because I feel like he always is the one to follow up a series where there's been some controversy with an email about, are we going to change this? Like is I that said, a fair question to like, ask? Like, like I said, so it was addressed in an email at some point, uh, more the punishment of what would happen right. uh, that the council sent out. The, re- the reason why I'm not the reason why I, I, I mentioned it earlier too is that I think that Steve at the end of the day benefited from the lacks of enforcement because that he is somebody who can change speeds well. I don't change speeds. I throw the same pitch basically every time. Did, did they win that game that he pitched? With a high they did. Uh, actually, no. They lost yeah, both he, of those. He was 0-2. So he was 0-2 last year. So it wasn't that he did well, but I think that him and Russ and Jeff have that kind of baseball mindset, right? They, they like the idea of being an actual pitcher while pitching a baseball, and that increased speed flexibility gives them more of an ability to, to do that. So I think that honestly that they first reacted 
poorly, I probably reacted. Me and Josh were more upset than they were for sure the entire series yeah, watching mean, it happen. If you remember a few years back, Steve Schroeder's been a subject of some scrutiny too with the pitch speeds and a couple of pitches called back. And mm-hmm. I agree. So I just feel like Steve's usually the one to send that email, and I, I, I honestly was surprised hearing some things that we didn't get one. But you know maybe me too. maybe the email chain is just dead because Josh refuses to get the stats out in a timely manner. All right, with that, we're going to go to break. Laz, thanks again for being in the studio and drinking all the Florida Prosecco. Um, We'll be back in a minute. Said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole and we're back with one of our favorite segments, Leap's Vegas Plays. Um, gotta give Leap some credit. He really took his time with these, the new ones at least, and deliberated, came up with some good numbers. But before we get into that, we do want to go back to Dave Leap's uh, draft day prop bets, revisit his odds, and, and see how those played out. Being that I was not at the draft, I will need some input from you guys on on whether or not these played out. But let's go back to this. And this was Hilly and my favorite one of them all. Uh, walkout songs. How many Kesha songs will be will be <laughs> utilized for the walkouts at the draft over under of half? Un- Unbelievable. I believe it was zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. Incredible. How well, could you deny I such a— lo- I would have lost the house on that one. Uh, first pick. We all know who the first pick was. It was Josh. Benjamin. Yep. Okay, and <laughs> First I meant, did I say Josh? Yes, you did. Jeff. <laughs> uh, but we had Jeff as a plus 145, Josh at a negative 180, and I believe Hilly said if you were a betting man, you would have put some money on Russ Anderson for that, uh, which would have netted a, a plus 1950. 2015 Pitcher of the Year. Um, obviously, this is still ongoing, and uh, nothing is clear with that, whereas I think last year at about this time, we all knew Laz was the front runner. Um Again, the top odds went to uh, Jeff. Uh, sorry, Russ at a six to one. Jeff and Steve Schroeder were at a seven to one. Laz were at an eight. Was at an eight to one. Um, who, who's the pitcher of the year right now? Uh, that's a tough one. Well, Josh again needs to get the stats out. Wink, wink. But uh, who would you? I don't on the eye test. Who would you put up as a pitcher? I'm on the. I'm on the ballot. I will say that I'm on the yeah, ballot. Yeah, I think that it's really open. Russ it's and as I, open as we've I think ever Russ seen. and I are on the ballot. But even Russ has struggled in his two outings. He's two and zero, but he hasn't had. I mean, I believe he gave up four runs last game. Four runs, and I think maybe seven runs. I mean, I'm just throwing numbers here out here, but I, it was not. Is Jeff low on the ballot? Total. Yes, I think Jeff is. I think Schroeder is as well. Um, you, Laz, Russ. Is Jason up if he has another good series? Yeah, let me, and, no. Yeah, and Josh, I think, Actually, is really... You can't walk in 19 runs agreed. and then win pitcher of the year. Correct. I think that, Agreed, but interesting question. Since it is a short season, if I come out with another two, say, shutouts, does that at least put me in the conversation? Or in this league, is it gone? It does. It, it does. I okay. think the uh, snake in the grass here is uh, Josh. I think Josh has had... Three really solid outings. I want to say he's two and one, but again, until we get the stats out, actually, can't really he's one and two. That's or, possible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, will there be a trade on draft day? Yes or no? No. Which is disappointing. I wish there was. It really is, and there was a 
quite a bit in the works, but none of the guys wanted to pull the trigger. So, mm. um, Jason, this one's definitely directed at you. Will the 2014 Wiffle highlight be uploaded as promised by April 11th, 2015? Once again, that was not on me. Me kind of, and it's July 5th, and it still <laughs> hasn't been posted. So we'll I, work I on that. I still watch it. It's fantastic. Um, you know, again, this one's up in the year. Will Mike Satry win another championship? At this point, you'd have to say no. He's got 10 more years, so I'm going to say yes. They meant You're for, saying this for year? For 2015, yeah. yeah. <laughs> saying yeah. foul this year. Yeah. Um, Don't and, sleep and, on us. Don't sleep on us, Dick. And while I think this could have been possible, there were two different captains who might have gone this route. One of Leap's draft day uh, odds was Willie Captain select pink as their main and team And there color. goes the rest of the bottle. The Prosecco is now gone. Uh, we all know that there was no team that chose pink, but certainly you could see Paul choosing pink or potentially Steve. But the good news is, if I am a captain next year, I have already selected my team name mm-hmm. and team colors. I that like surprise will is. not be really revealed on today's podcast. Okay. Thanks for the my, fake tease. I'll keep my lips zipped on all right, that one. So, as I mentioned, Leap came up with some very intriguing... Uh, odds for for the remainder of this season and uh, again I want to get your guys honest reaction my thoughts on this don't really matter um, chances to win the Wiffle series uh, he has the tourists with the best odds at plus 140 he has the hops with the worst odds at plus 160 and he has the river cats and chihuahuas at plus 150 obviously not much difference there between the teams much like the standings if you guys were betting, who would you put your money on to win the whole thing? I would say he mailed it in because that there's no benefit of choosing the hops over choosing the tourists. I would put the tourists at a significantly higher number than plus 140, maybe minus 100. And sense. why, though? Why? Because we all know the one seed has actually been a death sentence. But they... Well, they have the they have the they have the best chances to make the playoffs. So numbers wise, they're in. And getting in, all you have to do is win four games after that. Schroeder has proven himself to be a playoff pitcher. He wins games in the playoffs well. Mm-hmm. So I would say that they should be clear the odds favorites. Not but, because of the record, but because of their, their track record. I have historically, as you said, I've I've, I've historically been a very poor playoff performer, so my team should take a hit, but not by $20. Come on, Dave. No, and I think the farther the season goes in, too, that that offense is going to start becoming harder to find And I also think for that tourist team, so I don't mind those odds. We just saw what happened to the tourists when they've had two months off, and if you're the one seed, it's going to be another, I mean, they're playing next next Sunday. Right. Yes. The, the playoffs won't start till mid-August, so that's another long Last stretch. Last one's $20 back, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, JF, thoughts? Um, just real quickly, and you tell me if I'm dumb or not, this would be my mindset with this. If there's even odds, it appears, or not even odds, but the odds are equal for the River Cats and the Chihuahuas. And as you said before, the one seed is... I don't know if I'd go as harsh as a death sentence, but well, my my the, job is to take opinions. It looks good from the strong. two and the three seed. Typically, would it make sense to bet both of those to try to hedge? And you would yeah, we don't probably want come out here. It's okay. Vegas. I'm saying you probably come out ahead if you uh, got aggressive with both of those two. Okay. With uh, little exacta box there. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Fair all enough. Right. If we we should do an exacta trifecta league standings final. Um, all right. This is a great one. Will there be a Grand Slam in remainder of the games? No. Have we seen a Grand Slam in the history of the league? Oh, yeah. How recent was that? 
Is it the tell you. Dave Grand Slam off of me in the Wiffle Series in 08? So it's been seven years. Has maybe, there been maybe, one maybe in modern? No, there's been, Has there been one. a modern Wiffle There's been one, Grand I think, Slam. at Chestnut, maybe. Are you sure? I really wish I would have kept that stat. Just with a GS instead of a HR? Damn. Missed the My first hunch is one. no. Yeah, probably not. There was one in the Wiffle Series when Russ and Curtin and Dave, Dave. and... That's the last Josh. one in my memory. I minus 900 for an There was at least a three-run yes. three blast this year. I don't know. I mean, I'd throw a little money on yes and yes. see what happens. Um, will Rich Nassif win the Silver Slugger? Yes, minus 140, no, plus 110. Do you have stats on that right now? I don't think the Silver Slugger is the correct. That's by position. That's what Vegas calls it. But uh, what, what he's saying is the, the batting title. The batting title, yeah. correct. Can we make this league appropriate, Dave? Can you get your act together? Yeah. Uh, Laz, you're asking for stats. I'll try and get them to you very quickly. Uh, if I if I have, Do you, I, you're in you're in the right top now. three right now. Rich is five fifty five. Steve Schroeder is four eighty one. The next highest average is me at three ninety three. And Josh is Josh at three seventy. So my line right now is fifteen for twenty seven with a base on balls, a homer, six runs batted in, and three doubles. I didn't, no ask, you, I didn't ask your life story. What's the the biggest bet? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, minus 140 for yes, plus 110 for a no. I'm going to say yes. I'd, I'd put good money on it. I lean yes. Yeah. I do lean yes. Although 100 points s- is a lot to make up. I will yes. say this, and Schroeder, Schroeder has he has a good line if he can get one more quality series. But in. he's facing me. Look at the pitching, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, again, just two home runs, eight <laughs> runs batted in. This says 22 – oh, no, that's two doubles, not 22 walks. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, this All isn't right. Jason pitching, so. Yeah, right. Um, will Curtin complete another behind-the-back play? He already did in the series you missed. He's done. He's saying, he's saying <laughs> oh, okay. moving yeah. forward. Oh. Then yes. 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 <laughs> plus 250. He's averaging no. one Got to put series. your money on it. So you're going to go with yes, plus 250. Mm-hmm. All right. Will the Rivercats complain about Jeff's pitch speed? Yes, minus 170. No, plus 190. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> So there's before some the season the series started. <laughs> Jason, are you just complaining? <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. It was, sounds like uh, that would be. No, I'm gonna get up and hit it, but I guarantee Luke has something to say about it. Oh, for sure. Uh, this is uh, the final one that Dave Leap really hammered away at this weekend, and by that I mean he texted to them to me ten minutes before the show started. Dave Leap was hammered away this weekend. Oh, I don't is know. that what you said? He was on Friday. I can confirm that. <laughs> okay. How many hits will the Hops have in their series with the Tourists? Over under eighteen. Three games, six a game, four innings. It's one. It's a big number. What's the, the odds? It's he just has over under, eighteen under. Under, under. Yeah, I'm going under. Hilly, under. What do you think? Can you guys be successful and have less than eighteen hits? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's a big number. The thing is, though, you That's guys. Good. I don't know if. You guys are not a Kudos power team. On has there has there been number. Can, can there be a confirmed number of how many what the average number of hits per team per series? I know we don't have that number right in hand. Uh, well, I, I'm, curious, it. I'm curious. I'm curious about that. Average it. Um, if you just look at the tourist stats, okay. Real, real quickly, I'll give you a thirty-one j- over two series. So that's so fifteen a and series, a and that's a, a good team. And then those are hops. But if you look at JF's team, you're looking at thirty-two. Okay. If you look at the uh, hops, you guys are at 23 over two series. So 18 seems high. And if you look at the 
the offensive juggernaut that is the Rivercats, you're looking at 38. So even even you guys are got 19 we're one, clip. We're one That's over. The That's, best offensive yeah. team. In Keep the in league. mind though that the tourist numbers are down just because of the walks in that first series. They didn't have much to swing at. They okay. could have swung the bat. They could have. They definitely could have. Well, that's Leaps Vegas plays. Hopefully next time we'll get a better batch of odds because clearly Laz wasn't happy with the odds making. Um, moving on, we're going to go into a new segment just added. A kind of a quick hitter segment called What's Trending. Um, first of all, I do want to say happy 4th of July to you all, and I hope you're enjoying this weekend of America with the Women's World Cup game tonight. Um, Jason and I Jason and I were uh, at Arlington Park yesterday. Um, and... Uh, you know, we, we witnessed something that I believe should be talked about. Arlington Park, historically, tremendous fireworks show, uh, which yesterday included uh, a rendition of, uh, what's his name, Pitbull, uh, his song Fireball, where there were three fireballs simultaneously going off. There was also, though, before that, an actual fire at Arlington Park because of the fireworks. As we know, Arlington Park has some history with fire. Right. So needless to say, I was a little nervous when the infield <laughs> caught on fire in the middle of the fireworks show. But getting to my what's trending, and this is what I want to lead into, even though this isn't a social media topic, Arlington Park employed the use of a drone camera yesterday. We have a GoPro in the league. How far away are we from a drone camera above the field? That's a question for Jason. It's been talked about more than once. Is it more? Is it more likely than the radar gun? Yes. Great. Looking forward to it. I will hint a little bit. It depends on my team's participation in the Wiffle Series, whether or not. Well, then it won't happen this that, that, year. Exactly. That won't um, happen this year. That being said, again, getting back to what's trending, uh, I'm in my U.S. national team jersey. I got the jacket on. I do want to go to one uh, twi- tweet recently done by Mr. Chris Lazzarini. Uh, the tweet is not actually done by me, but it is on topic. Oh. Uh, what is trending is not only the league members of this league, as we know we're all – committed to that but we also have fans that are coming out to the games and and supporting us and i'm going to read a tweet here from uh, a fan and my brother um joe lazarini on uh recently tweeted uh hashtag uswnt it's a women's national team correct uh all capitals suspend solo and then uh, not capitals you make it hard to root for america with your double standards I will not watch one minute with her on the pitch. And Rich, she's played every minute. Rich, as a as a soccer aficionado, uh, historian, and professional, right? How do you feel about Joe's tweet? I agree. You know, I think uh, if if we're gonna break it down, women's soccer, particularly the national team, is the biggest women's athletic team that exists in this country. They have the most support. Everybody remembers Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain ripping her jersey off. I feel they have an obligation to address domestic abuse, which is a very female-oriented uh, you know, topic. And for them to just kind of uh, – I remember the coach saying, that's not my job. I completely disagree. It is your job. So, As a coach, it is your job, right? you got to represent what's right for the youth. And, and if girls are going to go out and support a, a woman who is a, a proven domestic abuser, uh, that's pretty bad. So, yeah, I'm, awesome. I, I'm, with, you. I'm with Joe on that. Uh, I got a Facebook post from Jeff Hanchman dated May 31st. It says, looking for a roommate. <laughs> Here is the Craigslist ad. Crazies and weirdos need not apply. I've already got that covered. <laughs> and a little smiley face. 
Uh, it's in Albany Park, Lincoln Square, West Horner Park neighborhood. Uh, I've been there. It's a nice place. Laz, uh, has that been I would filled? Assume you've been there as well. I actually have not, but I do okay. know. Uh, maybe we're breaking news again. Jeff has found a roommate. Oh wow, crazy or a weirdo or Jeff has uh, breaking news right here on the Wiffle League podcast. I believe a friend of a friend has really? hooked him up. Uh, a friend from U of I had a friend that was looking for a place, and he is now uh, going to have a new roommate. I don't know the the credentials of that roommate i don't know if they have crazy or weird but obviously jeff has both so hopefully it works out there you go. Yeah, that right uh when we share paul's tweet okay paul had an interesting july 4th uh the, the i think the first one going to this is a picture of him holding up some type of tube uh with the, with the caption woo hashtag america um it looks like paul's laying in a hospital bed i think it's his barium sulfate suspension. yeah i'm not exactly sure he clearly responded saying blew off my face as if he shot a firework into his face but then goes on to say just kidding abdominal pain getting a ct scan possibly appendicitis or gas gonna be pissed if it's gas <laughs> um they gave me morphine so i feel great now and someone who used morphine when I broke my femur in half, uh, it's a tremendous product. I guarantee you utilize it, but don't abuse it. This podcast um, is brought to you by Morphine. morphine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd rather not need surgery, but I'll feel stupid. Um, yeah, through the IV, I'm getting the morphine. Uh, still waiting, but they gave me the good drugs. <laughs> uh, it goes on and on, and, and what we did what we did find out is uh, it is an appendix removal. Yes. About, about a one-month timeline, which... Yeah, of course, I immediately showed no sympathy for Paul and thought to myself, oh, fuck, what is we this play mean August for the Whipple 2nd? League? So I went in and be immediately began researching. It says for non-rupture, four- to six-week recovery. Uh, Paul, we'll see. We'll see how tough he is. If four weeks, he might be able to make that August 2nd game. If not, we may have to push it back to the With that the batting average, who weekend. cares? One, one question play for you, JF, not as a producer, but as the commissioner. Mm -hmm. Wh what's the ruling on that if he can't go? We'll in August, to, let's say. It might be a reschedule. It may be play without him. It could be replacing him. It wouldn't be the first time Paul's been replaced. That's how we got Luke. Uh, so who would be a potential candidate to replace Paul if that's Oof. the course of action? We did talk about this early in the season, uh, or sorry, at the at the spring uh, council meeting, and that was we basically agreed upon that it would be a case-by-case -case basis. What Do you think Brian would be at the front of the list? as a? That's very possible. So we, we do have an unofficial list uh, that the council, I'm guessing, is going to keep hidden. Uh, we have an unofficial list of candidates if we ever choose to expand the league or to replace somebody who has gone down. I would like you to. Read I would like to. You read it out loud at the meeting. I don't think it's hidden. Speaking of Brian, uh, Laz and I have to golf with him in just a few minutes. So when we uh, wrap up this particular okay. segment and then we'll off air Laz I would like to, to talk to you about a couple candidates that Jeff actually knows from his uh, wooden bat league so we'll, we'll get into that at a later date fair enough moving on um, we have a little bit of a modified segment here and I think we're excited about this for our passionate fans you will remember we ran a segment a couple weeks ago called the closing curtain we, we played that to closing time by semisonic uh, we've modified that to now what is called or referred to as the curtain call so, Hilly, I'm going to bring you in. Why don't you explain what's going on? Well, we're going to try to give uh, try to give Chris a call here and uh, see, see what he's up to. See what he does at noon o'clock on a Sunday. Am I clear to dial? You're clear to dial. Let's All see right. what we got. All teams go. It says use TTY for this call. Okay. TTY or voice? 
Voice. Voice. All right. Can we FaceTime him? Well, it's supposedly it's ringing. And Rich, it's what, what is the uh, what's the name of the segment? Curtain call. Curtain call. If he doesn't answer one, you leave a message. I will. Then forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Of course he doesn't have uh, it set up. Hilly, can, can you read the opening to the... Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press wow, 5. Wow, this is the longest automated voicemail ever. Hi, you are live on the Wiffle League podcast recorded in the Falardo basement on July 5th, 2015. Please give us a call back. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, there you go. And on that note, Rich, I want to thank you before we get going uh, for, for ha- having me here and Justin and Jason as well. Uh, sorry, Hilly and JF. I, I apologize. That's okay. Uh, I really appreciate coming here. It was, it was our pleasure, lads. We, we appreciate your time on this glorious Sunday. Um, we look forward to having you again, and hopefully mm-hmm. we look forward to seeing you in this year's playoffs. But good luck next Sunday to the Hops. Um, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with the coming attractions. Inside the Wiffle League podcast, and here we are with your coming attractions. Well, next up, as we've talked about, is the series between the Hops and the Tourists, July 12th, next Sunday, uh, Chestnut Park. Um, again, much anticipated because a lot could be decided, or the playoff picture could get even more muddied, depending on how it goes. Obviously, the Tourists with a uh, win of the series, a 2-1 win of the series, would be on six wins and would be in, uh, in a position basically to seal uh, first place. If they do sweep, they have first place locked up. Um, if the Hops take two, they'll move to four and five. Uh, if they take three, they'll move to five and four, and they'll be smack dab in the playoff picture. There's a potential, if the Hops were to sweep the Tourists, that the Tourists could be on the outside looking in, depending on how that last series goes. But again, I think a big series for the Hops to to try and put everything together. Um, definitely, as as our guest Chris Lazzarini mentioned, has it been a spectacular year for him at the plate? I think uh, even Dustin Eckert is looking for a little bit more out of himself. Brandon's had a very good year, too, and uh, hopefully Satry's... Yeah, I think so. And again, he's... Uh, I think at first, looking at last year's numbers with the new rules, uh, it was tough to judge him against the pack that's been here. But, uh, you know, you'll you'll look for Satry to be in playoff mode, and we know that's where he excels. So, um, I think the the biggest challenge in Hilly, I think you can you can uh, agree to this. How much pressure do the hops put on themselves? Are they able to find that sweet spot, or are they going to press too much? And you know, it's tough when you're in that spot when you need to make things happen a little bit. Yeah, Leo stepped me. Leo stepped out of the room, but it makes me nervous for him because he says he can just let it 
fly free, but I'm not I'm not sure. He we put, have yet he, to see that. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. Yeah. yeah, because he wants to win. He is a competitor. Even though he said it's all about fun, he definitely is a competitor. On the flip side, I do think one of the troubling things for the Hops is you have a motivated tourist team. They just came off a serious loss, a frustrating series loss for multiple reasons. They had a chance to lock up the one seed, um, you know, with a with a win of the series or even a even a sweep. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know that being said, I, it'll be interesting to see how Russ bounces back. Um, you know, giving up four runs and a win is not the way Russ likes to pitch. I also think his his hitting isn't where he wants it to be. Um, you know, does Steve Andrews have a gut reaction and say, "Hey, we lost last series. I need to be on the mound." You never know. That's again, as we talked about, maybe a little bit of the friction that's there. So um, you have two teams very motivated for, I think, different reasons. So one for trying to salvage your season. The other one maybe coming off of a, a series that they expected more out of. Um, you know, a lot could be said. Looking at it, I do think the tourists will take two out of the three. That's just makes sense based on past performance, although that's not always the deciding factor. I do think that's the way it plays out. Um, but it's going to come down to to Laz, how he pitches, and who he matches up against on the mound. Yeah, I, and I mean, that Hops team is, is no shortage of pitching. I mean, the Laz-Brandon Laz combo is, you know, it's a force to be reckoned with as much. You right. know, I mean, sure, Russ and Steve are more proven, but, right. you know, the Laz, Laz can throw a shutout if the conditions are right and that and ball's knuckling. I think another side of it, and, and again, how do both teams hit? You yeah, know, uh, Steve has had a great year, this Schroeder. Per, this particular series, I think that's more important than ever because yeah. that, that tourist – Offense could get stagnant. And Steve Schroeder's having a phenomenal year, but there is uh, there's a potential for. And Hilly, as we talked about on our last podcast, you know, again, when it is crunch time, when people are starting to to press and they feel like they have to make things happen for their team, who shows up? Um, you know, the the Hops have not had a good offensive year, and and the Taurus, uh, I think, in many ways, had a disappointing offensive series last game. So mm-hmm. now with a little bit of pressure on them, who's going to step up? It'll be very interesting to see. Fast forward about three, four weeks, August 2nd, and again, another Sunday at Chestnut Park. You have both teams at 3-3. Three and three. The Chihuahuas coming off a, a very impressive 2-1 series victory over the yeah. over the tourists. You have the, the uh, Rivercats who have, haven't played. Uh, at that point, it'll be about six weeks. More than that. How many weeks will that be? About almost two months? I think we played in May. It'll be two months. End of May, that's mm-hmm. correct. So, again, the River Cats coming off of a serious sweep of the hops. Um, I think us being both on the River Cats, we felt that we finally put it together a little bit. Uh, that last series, we resembled what we thought this team would look like. Again, I can't say it enough. I think the one big X factor is how much better does Josh get as the season goes along. Of course. You know, and, and – not defensively, he's been great. Not on the mound, he's done well there as well. At the plate, we just have not seen that dominant hitting performance yet. Um, he's received a lot of intentional walks. Maybe that's part of it. But I think, again, looking at the last series with you having a, a very good you know, uh, day at the at the plate, uh, with with hopefully me continuing what we've done, if, if you and I can continue to hit the way we have, especially in that last series, that gives Josh a lot of protection. And if Luke keeps putting the ball in play, too, I mean, yep. just putting the ball in play and not striking out is so huge in this right. league, and, and, it, and he's been doing a great job. Especially looking at you and looking at, at, at Josh, you guys are very good base runners. Obviously, Josh has a bit more speed than the rest of us, but uh, you got people on base. If you put the ball in play, it moves, keep up with them. it moves runners. <laughs> um, you know, I think, again, looking at the Chihuahuas, it's always going to be a question of what can Jeff do on the mound in those eight innings. Can they get wins? Because they need wins in those games. Um, Leap has has shown he can pitch. He can keep the team in it. But 
you know, the, 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 the tourists, uh, sorry, the Chihuahuas are going to have to really score some runs and leaps on the mound. Yeah, if, I'd had, if I'd had to pick one key to that series, it'd be win game one. Yep. Uh, for for either team, I mean, the Chihuahuas is a team with Justin and Jeff. They can get down on themselves pretty quick if they right. if they struggle. If, yeah. If you get out ahead of them, you know, watch out. So in other words, you know, if if they have the momentum, they're a tough they, team they, to beat. They are. Mm-hmm. If as we saw this weekend, if they're so. down and they're chasing and they're pressing, or if things aren't going their way, um, they almost tend to defeat themselves. And not that they're the only team who does that, but. Uh, It'll be interesting because I noticed last series Jeff did not pitch game one. They they saved him for games two and three. Okay. Will that be their tactic? Hmm. We'll, we'll find out. You know, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Obviously, whether or not they're home or away uh, plays a little bit into mm-hmm. that. But, again, I think for, for, for the Chihuahuas, it's a question of what can Jeff do on the mound in his eight innings. And then how much can Jeff and, and, and JF carry the, the run-producing load? Um Last series, JF with two home runs, correct? That that was crucial. Um, so we'll go from there. Uh, but again, uh, six big games ahead of us in the next uh, four weeks. S- the season's on the line. Yep, and as long as everything goes to plan, it's looking like we got possible playoff matchup two, three weeks after that. Mid to late August, yep. yeah. So And with the anticipated Labor Day Wiffle series again. So oh, I thought you were going to say there's a strike. I thought when you said labor, I thought well, you were going to say that's always the, that's always the, that's always on the table. That's right? always on the table is a labor dispute with this league. <laughs> uh, so again, everybody, happy Fourth of July weekend. Good luck to the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, it's been a great to to have you uh, here with us inside the Wiffle League podcast. For my producers, J.F. and Hilly. Slazzarini, I want to thank you all for tuning in and joining us today on the Wiffle League podcast. Good luck the rest of the way to all the teams, and see you at Chestnut. See you later. This one's for you, Laz.